ready? Are you ready for another fun-filled episode of Terribly Funny? Uh, I certainly hope so. Well, here it comes. Terribly Funny. I'm your host, Steve Bazalone. Uh, this is the podcast where I talk to uh, some funny, charming, delightful, talented people who have been through some, shall we say, shitty things. Yes, we shall. Uh, and today we have uh, a special guest, uh, one of my very favorite people in the world, and uh, probably the closest thing I have to a sister. Her name is Annie Mevin. She's a, a talented writer, improviser, um, HGTV watcher, loves that shit. And also, from what I've seen, uh, just a bang-up mom, great mom. Um, and uh, she was, well, what can I say about Annie? I've said all the things that are flattering, but I can also say that she uh, was my writing partner for many, many years, 10, 12 years. We've written a ton of shit together, taken a lot of uh, walks, uh, pitched countless things, some of them successful, some of them not. But we've always, always had a good time. Why? Because Annie's just the best. Um, and today she is. You're going to. You're going to get to see why she's the best because she's going to uh, tell us about some fun stuff like ooh, a miscarriage. Mm, doesn't that sound like fun? Well, it's interesting at least. Something that I don't know uh, a lot about because I'm a dude with a wiener. But today I get to learn about it, and we all do thanks to Annie. Shall we listen? I think so. All right. Well, let's let's talk about some stuff, shall we? Okay. Um, what are we, we going to get into? I thought we'd talk about uh, some miscarriage. Ooh, Ooh, that's a new topic. I know. Ex- I this is an exciting day. Mix it up. We've done. Oh, we've done loss of pets, breakups, being sad and broke, but never the death of an unborn child. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's an exciting day for everybody. Um. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. Well, you were there. I that's, was there. That's why I thought I would. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's fun for me because I can remember the joy of the of the occasion. Yeah. So, uh, we were going to. Okay. I, well, here's the thing. We. Mm-hmm. This was what th- three years ago? Two years ago? Two years ago. A little yeah. over that. Yeah. So you and I mm-hmm. had been on a job in New York. Yes, the Michael J. Fox show. Michael J. Fox show. We moved back to Los Angeles. Yep. And my husband and I were like. Maybe we should just try to have kids now that we're here. And we're we're stable. We're we're not living in the moving. You moved ever. You moved like every two months we on that moved job. Constantly, we lived. Like you were nomads. this far away from being a gypsy. It was so. That was like extremely you moved, difficult. What, three apartments in in seven months. I think. Or four. Four. Oh boy. I think four. Wait, yeah. no, no. I moved four times. It was worse than college. Whatever it was a it was. lot. It was yeah. a lot. Um. Anyway, so we moved back to LA and we said, okay, we're here. Let's let's maybe just try and see if we can have a kid right now. Mm-hmm. And then I immediately got pregnant. You're very fertile. I'm very fertile. And also Matt, no those Canadians, deal. man. <laughs> That's it's my strong, husband. Strong seed. Matt, yes, thank you. <laughs> so you're already better at this. <laughs> Matt is the husband. So, He's the one with the strong seed. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. so I immediately got pregnant and um, it was one of those things where I, I think – I, I felt immediately, like, so connected to this yeah. idea. It was strange. Was it the idea, or did you, did you okay, as being a, a male person, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know this experience at all, and neither, I've never had a child, but, like, uh, could you sense a difference? Did you know when you were pregnant? That time. Like, internally? That time, I did. You I, did? I felt like immediately totally different. And also, by the way, trigger warning if you don't like hearing lady things. Or oh, sure. Like, sort of. I mean, come on. Let's, mean, let's get real. You're down. We're all adults here. I love lady things. <laughs> you can tell me all sorts of lady things. Um, but, yeah, so I felt sort of like immediate changes in my body, mm. and I felt changes in my attitude. I was having dreams about this baby immediately. Really? Yes. And I was like, it's a boy. Do you think that's a subconscious thing? It's because like you thought, at this point when you started the dreams, did you know you were pregnant? Yeah. I basically- You the, took a test. Probably the first day I was pregnant, I okay. took a test and right. found out. So then you had like your subconscious is like creating this like environment, this relationship with this kid already. Yes. And it was, it was so real to me though. Hmm. I mean, I felt like I knew him and I just felt like, it's weird because that's not- how I pictured yeah. myself to be, but that's how it was for that. That's um, so fascinating. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I immediately felt this big connection. And I, it was, you know, you're told don't tell anyone. 
right. until it's a certain amount of time. Which is makes logically it makes total sense, but like it's like if for the first time, especially, it's like this huge fucking life event yeah. that you you don't get to tell anybody. And I'm really bad at keeping secrets. Sure, sure. <laughs> like especially happy, excite, exciting secrets. Well, yeah, the good ones. You're like, ah, what's the worst? It's a good thing. It's like I'm that Kristen Wiig character. Yep. So I was like, mm-hmm. ah! would be like, mm-hmm. oh, you think you love kids, and I would like maybe. <laughs> You turn into like a a manga character. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I was very excited and, you know, a few weeks passed and I had kept it a secret and I started sort of like letting it slip to a few friends and, um, you know, then it got to a point where I'm like, well, it's, it's happening. It's it's all happening. Yeah. Like a uh, few, like you're two months in or something. Yeah. Okay. And. Yeah, about two months in. No, yeah, two months. Because you're supposed to say like after three months, correct? Like after once three, you're in, after I was the first like trimester. nine weeks or so, okay. and I was telling people, and then um, my old gyno didn't mm-hmm. do OB stuff, so I. Uh, What's the difference? I guess one of this them. This is just, where my my total ignorance as a dude comes into play. I mean, I also don't. Re- I was like, you don't do that. She just. So she's just a gyn, not yeah, an ob. She doesn't deliver babies. Oh, I see. So that's yeah, what that is. That's what it is. Okay. So she doesn't deliver babies. So I had to find a new gyno, and you know, I'm I have really bad luck with doctors and printers. Mm-hmm. Those are like and printers. Printers like printers never work for me, okay. and doctors it never goes well. I think the printer thing you can probably get around. The no. doctor seems not a great thing to <laughs> yes, now have working for it's you. Not great. But I, I have yeah doctors. Uh, uh, also, airplanes don't work great for me, <laughs> and also paper clips. I can never get them to work. Cars and thumbtacks. Yep. So uh, I finally found somebody, and uh, you know, I called a bunch of places. I like nothing was working out. I finally found somebody who would see me, and their office said that, that I shouldn't come in until twelve weeks. Is that normal? I don't know. I think it's weird, right? It seems yeah. like you should come in immediately and they should tell you, like, here's what you can do and here's what you shouldn't do and here's what you can expect. And Yeah, I mean, from, uh, from again, having not had this experience at all, like, I would think, like, yeah, tell me what I can and can't do. Yeah. Because, like, this is, like, a real big thing. Well, cause this then is, you're, in theory, a really big deal. Yeah, because then you find yourself Googling and whenever oh, you're Googling terrible. anything, it's, like just a nightmare especially yeah you google paper cut and it's like cancer yeah so (laughs) no it's not great yeah so um anyway so it was like nine or ten weeks along and you still uh, haven't seen a i still haven't seen i haven't seen a doctor yes okay i saw a doctor who gave me my uh pregnancy test but that was just a regular right 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 um general practitioner sure gp GP. i know all the yeah you're down with the acronyms (laughs) for um, so it was a day that you and I were going to go watch a pilot that mm-hmm. our friend had, had finished. Yep. And, um, went it was, to, went to Hollywood, went to Hollywood and, shaken. and then we were going to have lunch afterwards. And it was one of those things where we were like, is this a job interview? Uh-huh. It was like unclear. Yep. It was not. Yeah. It was not. We were not asked. <laughs> we were just, just hanging, just hanging out. <laughs> so, but that morning I had some cramps, but I thought, um, oh, that's maybe just a thing that happens. Well, that's also like it's. I imagine it'd be hard to discern what's normal and what's nor- not normal because you've never experienced this before. Maybe mm-hmm. in a second pregnancy, you're like, ah, I get what this is. But the first time, you're like, is this bad? I think it might be. Maybe not. Exactly. So I thought, oh, that's weird, but maybe it's just. I've heard people say they had cramps and, right. and that, you know, they still had a baby. Anything um, out of the normal than normal cramping? No, I mean, it wasn't even that severe in right. the morning. So we go, we watch this pilot, it's really funny, we go have lunch. I remember telling you beforehand, like, if he suggests sushi, you say, I just had sushi. So he doesn't know that I... I I forgot about that plan. (laughs) That was, like, the plan for a while. Like, if any... Because we were doing, like, it was, like, meeting time in general. Like, we're looking for jobs. And, like, we're like, oh, there's no sushi, no drinks. We're like, yep, gotcha. (laughs) And then... And I'd always forget about it. You kind of, like, rid me. Like, like, oh, I ate sushi. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because we went to some restaurant that was packed, and you're like, well, sugarfish. I'm like, god damn it. God damn. Oh, right, right, right. Sugarfish right, will also be packed. I hate sushi packed. suddenly. <laughs> I'm allergic to uh, things on La Brea. <laughs> so we ended up going to this other restaurant down the street, and we're talking and, you know, talking about the pilot, talking about just life in general, and I just start having really bad cramps. And um, I go to the bathroom, and it's, like, not... Right, I'm just bleeding. It's not that's not great. And I'm like, okay, well maybe this is spotting. Like I've heard about spotting. Right. That's another thing that I feel like I missed a day in women training. What where spotting was? Somebody explained what spotting was, and I wasn't mm-hmm. there. Maybe that was the health class thing that I just never. I got. don't. I 
because I remember we were at we this is a little tangential, mm-hmm. but we were at a Christmas party. Yes, I was thinking and, about that earlier. And uh, I wandered into a conversation that Annie was having with two of our other uh, friends, all ladies, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys like gave me a quiz on lady stuff. And as I recall, I got like ten for ten. You passed. You got the highest score of anybody we asked. It yeah. was. It was um, our friend Allison Becker was asking, mm-hmm. um, how often do you have to change a tampon? Right. And I don't remember what I said, but I said already like four or five hours. That's what I thought. Something like that. I don't remember. It, but I remember I got threading and spotting and a bunch of other things. Yeah. It but, was really impressive. Yeah. And I was quite drunk. So, <laughs> so it's, for me, it's like one of those things that I could not do well now. But like if you get drunk, you remember more Spanish. Oh, yeah. Exactly. When I get drunk, I'm, I know lady stuff. Well, ladies, if you yeah. want someone who knows about TSS. Yeah. Don't know what that is. Todd Strauss Olson? No. <laughs> Toxic shock syndrome. Oh, yes. You only know this when you're drunk. I guess so. I didn't realize that that was the acronym. I think the question was, what is toxic shock syndrome? And you knew. Yeah. But TSS, I do not know. I just think of Hollywood director. I love acronyms, as I mentioned. Yeah, clearly. So so anyway, uh, back to my MC. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this isn't right. Um, But I thought, oh, it's spotting. I came back to the table. I'm like eating salmon, and we're talking about stuff. And then suddenly I had this feeling like, this is really really not right but meanwhile we're trying to have like just like light banter very light banter <laughs> after like yeah the pilot was great love this thing about it and this thing and like isn't it great to be back in la yeah i love runyon and uh-huh. then i'm like i'm having a miscarriage so i go to the bathroom and it's like even worse and i remember texting you from the bathroom i'm having a miscarriage uh-huh. i believe is what i texted i don't know why i'm laughing because it's just no, so insane you, well you did it was crazy but you sent it to me and i don't even remember what i was talking about with our friend but i just my phone buzzed and i just happened to look at it and i was like huh okay i was unsure of what to do i guess we just keep on chatting and i don't say anything about this clearly yeah so I- but i guess we can get sushi now <laughs> oh, terrible God. terrible too soon <laughs> so I text my husband and I say, I think I'm having a miscarriage or something. Can you come pick me up in, in like 10 minutes and um, we'll go to the, the doctor? I remember thinking that like, okay, this is probably not a great thing, but it's probably like a certain level of hypochondria because like you, you did not experience these things. And I remember thinking that like, okay, this is going to be, because I remember we walked back, I walked you back to your car. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, and I would just be like, "It's gonna be fine." Yeah, and just it's saying like very pat stuff. But. And also, I think part of me was like, "I know what's happening," and another right. part of me was like, "I'm being too cautious." Yeah. So, um, so Matt came and picked me up, and we called the doctor, my new doctor that I mm-hmm. hadn't been to yet, and it was like, "Yeah, it, well, she'll call you back." And she didn't call back, and I was bleeding, and it started really hurting. That's not great. I had really, really terrible cramps, and it wasn't. It was like. Okay, so now I've given birth, and it was like contractions, I Oof. would say, more than it was like normal cramps. So um, so I started to be in a lot of pain, and they weren't calling back, and I said, let's just go to their office. And we get to their office, and there's nobody in the waiting room. There's just the receptionist, and then there's like a woman in an, a separate office, like an office manager or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. She's like eating a sandwich. And I'm like, I think I'm having a miscarriage. I don't... I'm not a patient here yet, but I'm supposed my next appointment's like a week from now, and I just wanted to um, see if somebody could check me out and tell me what's on. going on. Yeah. And um, they they were like, "Yeah, just wait on and wait here a minute." And um, the office manager came out, still eating her sandwich, and she was like, "You need to go." What? And she said, like, it's kind of a blur because it was so insane. Sure. But she said something along the lines of like, "You're a liability. You're not technically a patient." Where the fuck are you supposed to go then? So I was asking that. And at this point, I start crying. And I'm like, but I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if there's anything I can do. Is there something I can do to stop this? Because, again, like. Time could be of the essence. Yeah. Here. And I missed the sort of briefing that, that about day. what happens yeah. about when you have a miscarriage. Can it, can you stop it? Can you not? Was there something I could have done? Like everything. Also. So unclear to me. To this, I feel like in general, when you're kicking somebody out of your office for legal reasons or for whatever reason, who thinks they might be having a miscarriage, put down the sandwich. Yeah. Just put down your <laughs> maybe, sandwich. Maybe you like snack later. Yeah. I mean, just like take a minute and be like a person and be like, hey, you got to go. I know you think you're having a miscarriage. I got a sandwich waiting for me, but I'm dealing with you now. So I'm kind of like arguing with her, trying to see if they're not just a nurse who could just look at me. I swear I'm not going to sue anybody. I just want to yeah. know if I'm okay. And 
she starts kind of like shouting at me like you need to go and i'm jesus it was shocking so i go to the, at this point my cramps are really bad so i go to the bathroom and again trigger warning if you get grossed out easily by lady things mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. i think i saw the oh no yeah so Oof. um in when you went to the bathroom yeah so and what was did you were you was, just freaking out or was, was it just like totally out. i was freaking out cuz it's not just the idea of it it's not just physical pain. Mm-hmm. It's like everything, hormones. And then also I think like my hope, like, you know, like I said, I already felt like I connected with this yeah. child and I felt like. You're having dreams about it. Yeah. I felt like it was a thing. Um, so. Were you, was it like all these other, once that happened, was it like all these other physical responses? Because I know when like, like I just raised anxiety. I mean, like, because that's going to be triggering other stress responses, right? Yeah, and I think I thought I saw that, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm seeing. I'm not sure. Like, I didn't want to believe right. that. I think I was still kind of in denial, but like, I, I had a moment where, like, oh, this is real. This is Oof. happening. And so I go back in. I try to convince her again. She says no, and I'm just like, fine. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the emergency room, which is probably what I should have done in the first place. But I wasn't totally. No, I think that makes sense to go to the person who's a specialist in this. Right, and so. We leave and I hear her like bitching about it Jesus as we're waiting Christ. for the elevator. It was like now my sandwich is cold. It was like honestly, like if you wrote this character in a script, people would be like, "That's too arch." Nobody acts like that. That's bonkers. It was like that. So, um, anyway, uh, we ended up going to Cedars, and everybody there was amazing. This one nurse, um, like, held my hand mm. and was like, "I went through this," and um, they did an ultrasound, and they're like, "There's nothing there. It's gone." and it was really um, like they were they were so comforting and empathetic and it was such a such a comfort but um, I was still in a ton of physical pain right and uh, I went home and I mean I was bleeding and in so much pain for probably five days and really I don't think see I don't think this is the part of the story that I'm not really aware of I was just laying in bed crying for five days and I was in so much pain and and then whenever the each ping of pain would remind me of what had happened right. and it was like this cycle and I remember calling my mom and telling her and then uh, telling a few of my other friends and they were saying you should write a Yelp review about that doctor and I was like I'm gonna write a Yelp review it's like I expected to have a miscarriage that was fun it was my uh-huh. birthday I've had no oh boy. I'm not even gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but that's f- fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But the inverse of that is just like, even when you're going, um, having somebody like hold your hand through something like that, even though you don't have any sort of connection and they're giving you inherently bad things, but just like showing that level of humanity is just all oh, you're kind of. I think you're looking for in that experience, right? And somebody who's not giving that to you, even if like they're saying you need to go, there's like a way just be kind. Exactly. But then I felt like all that got <clears throat> counteracted by the nurses at Cedars and I wrote all of them thank you notes and yeah. and, all, and actually after having my baby there, that's where I mean I felt like the nurses felt like angels to me. Right. Like I was so enamored with them. Um so they were all incredible. So that really made it a lot better, but it was days and days of just being in a ton of physical and emotional pain. And I, I think it was like, I was in so much pain that I thought, wow, this must never happen because mm-hmm. I never hear about this. But it's like everybody's had a miscarriage yeah. and nobody talks about it. I, I've, I mean, it makes sense, but like I've had at least three or four friends in the last few years that I know have had a miscarriage. And it's just something you kind of hear around the peripheral because it's usually not the kind of thing that you talk about that often because it's an inherently sad thing. And like the way you're talking about, you start to form this relationship. So then you don't want to like rake it over the coals of being like, oh, what happened? And how was that? What did that? So I, I had the, the pain component was or at least the longevity of it was something that I didn't know nothing about. I think it depends on you and your body. If right. You, if it's some people, it's they didn't even know they had one. Other people, it was like me. I had a friend who had a really long one that was she said it was as painful as childbirth mine was close honestly to as painful as childbirth because it kept going and going and going so why did it why did it continue to happen i mean this is just a medical question i guess but after the embryo itself is gone i don't know i guess the uterus is still contracting Hmm. i'm not a doctor yeah 
but you know all the acronyms. <laughs> but all, yeah. Um, well, let me ask you, how did you, after the actual physical component of it's done and you're feeling back to normal, what is the mourning process of something like that? That was weird because it felt like, uh, it both felt very real to me and like mm -hmm. I had real grief, but it also felt like grief over an idea of somebody rather right. than grief for an actual person grief for a hope of something rather right. than grief for you know a, a tangible yeah a person yeah. who had an existence that i don't know so i felt whenever i was starting to cheer up i felt disloyal i felt like right. i'm the only person who knew this this That's, entity yeah and I'm not honoring him. I was sure it was a boy. Yeah. But then it's like, I'm not like a pro-life person. Like that doesn't, I don't, I don't know. It was hard but, to sort of rectify my right. head with how my heart was feeling. Well, it's a very tumultuous issue in any way you look at it. But like yeah. to form a relationship with some, something or even just even it's an idea, you know, getting used to an idea is when that goes away, it's a hard thing to deal with. And especially when it is in theory a child. Yeah. But it was... It was a thing where after I got pregnant again, when I would talk to people about it, I would, I, I just feel like I'm kind of an open book about things mm -hmm, sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, I had a miscarriage before and they'd be like, oh, me too. Like everybody. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? I found uh, not the same thing at all, but when I, shortly after I was diagnosed with colitis, anytime I would say like, yeah, this thing called colitis, Everybody be like, oh, my cousin, my uncle, my brother. And it's like, how the fuck have I never even heard of this thing before? Yeah. And now, like, everybody, it's touched their lives in some capacity. Yeah, that is interesting. It's a bizarre thing that, like, just how many things that we just don't talk about. Yeah. Because it's, like, unpleasant. People don't like talking about unpleasant things. No. I'm, I'm, I like getting into it. Hence, I mean, clearly. <laughs> Me too. I also can't keep, I just can't keep things bottled up and let right. get at it. Um, you said something I think that was kind of interesting from my experience in mourning in general um that when you when you cheered up you start started to feel disloyal or you started to feel i know like when i started not having dreams about my mom or after she passed i started to get like it was another uh stage of mourning because my subconscious i was feeling i guess disloyal was kind of the thing or i was just like sad that it wasn't affecting me as much me as much mm -hmm. and then i felt guilty that it wasn't as omnipresent as it had been yeah. And I think that's just like a part of mourning that also you never talk about. Yeah. Feeling bad that you're not mourning as much. I'm in, also in the dead parent club. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Very cool, sad club. It's to a be great in. club. I mean, it's a club that probably everybody gets to. But yeah. <laughs> this, you, I mean, hopefully not this young. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, when my dad passed away, I felt like all I wanted was to feel better because it was sudden mm -hmm. and you know all this. Yeah. But listeners, it was sudden. It came out of nowhere. And um, I just wanted to feel better. But then anytime I would feel better, I felt like, how dare I feel better today? Yeah. I mean, now I it's been a little over a year and I feel more like I'm in conversation with him. And right. I don't feel like I'm, you know, betraying him by living my life. But this is... Um it's kind of like a marginalizing of this or of this experience, but it's something that I thought of when I started to not feel so heavy or bogged down or didn't feel as as much like I was actively mourning. And then there's like a passive mourning thing that I wasn't even cognizant of. But there's that like that monologue in Swingers. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like Rod Livingston talking to John Favreau, and he's talking about like when he broke up, and he's like, "You miss them, and you miss them, and you miss them, and then one day you stop missing them, but then you miss the feeling of missing them." It's like this heady thing, like you, this, the, the act of the emotion or the feeling that that creates, that becomes comforting because you live with it for so long. And then when it starts to go away, you feel untethered all over again because that became your new norm. Oh, I don't feel that way. No? I'm so relieved to well, be that's good. feeling better. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I felt like, um, you know how you know me very well mm -hmm. and you know that sure. when something's not right, I like can't let it go. Yes. So I just felt so bothered for, I mean, that sounds like such a minimal way to put it. But no, but I think that's true because I think you, um, I think you process things quicker, I would say. And when you can't process them, it's like very 
much in the forefront. Yeah, like, like it's like, more, I can't it's more encompassing. Yeah, for me, like I was just like, oh, I'll put that in a drawer in the back of my mind, and oh, then I'll yeah. live with it for a while, and then oh, it popped out. Oh shit! That's why I yeah. uh, make you fight with me all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was so unsettled by all the feelings I was having. Like I was trying to process them, but I'm like, this is taking forever. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I felt, and um, I got so maybe six months how was no four months after my dad passed away i was driving to work you were there for this too you've been there for like a lot of my tragedies yeah it's good 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 at that good at at tragedy stuff (laughs) but uh i was driving to work and i was listening to a fun morning too yeah i was listening to a book on tape and it was about like letting go of anger because i was just so frustrated about the way everything had happened and my dad had just narrowly missed meeting my daughter and that just broke my heart and uh I was so angry and frustrated by everything and I remember I was like driving listening to this self-help tape and then I just got t-boned by this car going 60 miles an hour um on it was yeah at an intersection it turned out the car was in a car chase and I just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time it was crazy though because i got there i got there and you were like sitting on the curb like kind of shocked and the guy had like stolen a car was Mm -hmm. in a car chase after he hit you and spun out like 360 got out and ran on foot for like a mile and a half yeah he must have been really sore because i know i didn't feel good after that but he then ran and he ran a mile (laughs) so far that's the worst kind of triathlon but it was crazy because i had two thoughts like one was um oh my God, I can't be listening to a self-help tape when I die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and another was like, I. the only reason, I like kind of felt like, oh, I just can't die because my baby still needs me. And that was like a wake-up call that I wasn't taking care of myself enough right. or like valuing my, like that I had, was depressed from my dad's death. And it wasn't just like, stop being angry. Stop. It was like right. I needed to actually dig in. And So there was like a more, a, a more actual living, tangible reason as to why you need to kind of like pick yourself up a little bit yeah that i had to sort of like feel my feelings rather than like i don't that i had to like take my time to feel my feelings and then right. made me realize that i was still very much in it rather than like why am i out of it yet i should be yeah. i'm at the very end i think well i think that's a thing that um i've talked about several times on this podcast is that the fact that if you've never gone through something before you feel like okay well i'm just coming around the corner it's yeah. gonna this this the clouds are gonna clear any second, and then I'm gonna feel better. And I'll still deal with it a little bit, but it's just like this ongoing thing. It's this evolving presence that like is kind of beside you. Yeah, and it was also hard to sort everything out because it was also you know my first year I had a new baby mm-hmm. and um just I don't know it just felt like hard to separate those two things like yeah. what was lack of sleep and huge life change and what was grief and what was stress and what was hormonal like who knew and kind of the end of the day it doesn't really matter yeah right because mm-hmm. it's just well it's all happening so i need to find a way to deal with it in some capacity yeah you said um i think is an interesting thing in terms of feeling this anger um and i think it's really unsettling when you have an anger that you can't pinpoint that you can't like point to like it's this woman who's eating a sandwich <laughs> You don't, yeah. you don't have, like, a lightning rod for this anger. It's just, like, something shitty happened, and I'm angry about it, but it's not doing me doing me anything. It's just this fucking burden I'm carrying because I can't. Yeah, I remember kind of, like, when we went to the hotel after my dad passed away, I just, like, I understood trashing a hotel room. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never, I've always been like, ooh, and like, and cool. Like, but not, like, in the cool rock <laughs> star way. Not in the rock star way. Just in, in like the a sad uh, dead dad way. Sad dead dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, hotel trashing. Because I just wanted to, like, rip everything apart. But I didn't know. There wasn't sort of, like, a logic to it. Right. Yeah, and that felt... And I also, like, I felt mad at the world it just yeah. felt just so general and hard to sort of even apply logic to well i think that's reasonable though because there is no rhyme or reason to that especially like the suddenness with with which how your dad passed like there's i've also had this conversation on here is it what is it, what is is it better to know that something is coming 
because you can kind of make peace with it? Or is that somehow worse because then you can play, you can second guess yourself? I don't think there's any right answer to it, but like that was such a shock that you just were also just trying to wrap your mind around it. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like, fuck, fuck this. I mean, they're both terrible to watch somebody suffer and to just never got to say goodbye. I mean, it's like the worst, would you rather? Yeah. But it's not a fun, it's fun not version a good you'd rather. I'd rather do. Or would you rather your parent die quickly, uh, a long time, or have sex with Emma Stone? Uh, who invited Steve to this party? I don't get. I don't get how this game works. Um, I'm I'm changing subjects a little bit, um, but I think it's something that I think is maybe indicative of other ways of mourning. Did you? Um, would you still feel pangs of uh, resentment or sadness when you think about this first kid and, the, and the, when you think about the miscarriage? No. I feel... Because if that hadn't happened, then I wouldn't have my daughter. Right. So, and that part kind of, like, makes me feel... Like, was it... Is that disloyal? Was this thing never real to begin with right. um but sometimes i think well this was what was meant to happen right. i don't even know if i believe that everything that's meant to happen i don't know that everything's happens for a reason or whatever but yeah i don't know if i do either but there's it is it is sometimes nice to just allow yourself to like take solace in that i it's funny because uh i i wish i had more of like a like a faith or something mm -hmm. that I could be like, yep, it all happens for a reason. It'd anyway, be, it'd be so much nicer because then you wouldn't have to wouldn't have to guess so much. You wouldn't have to think. It's a lot. I think maybe this is um, a, a very um, a very simple way of putting it, but I think it's like it's a lot easier. It takes a lot of the the mind space up of just having faith in something, just like believing like, well, it happened for a reason. I don't have to question as to why these things are happening. Right. Although it must be hard to keep your faith when you have it. For sure. I don't know. I'm a heathen. Um, do you think it's a little bit, I think you kind of said this, but is it a little bit like, um, I keep on going back to like the, the smallest terms, but like you're... You want a certain sandwich. You want a certain sandwich. No, but like, uh, again, like in Swingers, like he's saying, <laughs> oh I don't know why I keep on going back to Swingers. That's your like, faith. This is my faith. I have, I'm studying the the the, the uh, church of Doug Lyman. I don't know, <laughs> um, but just like he's like so sad, so sad, so sad, and then he meets Heather Graham, and then it's like oh, there's like a rebirth in like a certain way. You know what I mean? It's like you just like my this baby is, a is like my Heather Graham. I think so. <laughs> She's very bubbly. Yeah, I mean she does have Heather Graham like qualities. She does. She does. <laughs> yeah, I mean some of it is just that. It was so different with her. Like, mm -hmm. being pregnant the second time was, I didn't know I was pregnant. Um, were you more worried as you were going through because this, you had this, you had experienced this other thing, this other kind of... I was more cautious. Okay. I wasn't, like, the, the first time I felt, like, very earth goddess. Like, right. mm, like I'm creating life. Uh -huh. And the second uh -huh. time I was just, I also just felt like hell. Yeah, I remember that, too. I just hated being pregnant top to bottom. So it was almost, like, not time to think about it because I was just vomiting constantly. Right. Remember we went to a wedding, our friend got married, mm -hmm. and I was far along, like enough that I shouldn't have been throwing up. And I remember thinking like, like everyone was drinking and I'm like, they're all gonna feel crappy and throw up, but I'm not, that's the one perk I'm, of this. That's the one perk of being pregnant. And then I went home and threw up yeah. <laughs> just from being pregnant. Yeah, well that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty okay time. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had a, a definitely uh, a, a wild ride of a year and a half. I did. It was a lot. <laughs> and it was a, a definitely a lot because you... Good and bad. Yeah. I think a lot, yeah, I mean, a lot of good things. You have a gorgeous daughter um, and also like a really well-behaved and just cute fucking kid. Yeah, she's So cool. that's nice. Um, but you had a miscarriage and then sandwich lady. <laughs> fucking sandwich lady um and then <laughs> then you got pregnant again mm -hmm. and then we bought a house and you bought a house and then we 
uh, then I saw pix pixels. <laughs> oh, well, that was that was that the low point. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah, that's creative fine. team behind pixels. Hey, you know we all make we all make mistakes. Yeah, but it was like I had a baby, then my dad passed away, and then I got in this car accident, and all like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, and they were just all very um, intense things to happen. And those are all. This is, we're like a year out for most of that. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like a year out now that? you're able to wrap your mind around it in some capacity? Or do you feel like you have processed, you started to digest it? Do you feel like you... I think so. I mean, I don't feel like I'm, like, I think you've probably talked about this in the podcast before, but I feel like some days I feel like my grieving is over with mm -hmm. my dad in a way, but that's totally insane because then I'll hear a song and just start For sure. crying or something will happen and I really want to call him and tell him that this thing happened. Um, I don't know. So sometimes it feels very fresh. Right. Um, and other times, like for example, the other day I have a picture of my dad in the hallway and I was walking by holding my daughter and she mm -hmm. pointed to it. Mm -hmm. Like, who is that? Sure. And I'm like, oh, that's... Uh, and I'm trying to think of, I'm like, well, he was going to be called Poppy, but he never got called that. And should we have called him this? Like, I was, what should his grandpa name be? Right. And how do I explain him? And that made me feel sad all over again. Sure. And that he doesn't get to see her. That makes me feel, that makes it, the grief kind of like start up again when I think about it. Right. But in other ways, I feel like, you know, kind of back to normal. That's good. Do you feel like... Um, no, I mean, no, <laughs> okay. I mean, like, I mean, by and large I do, but I feel like it's it, normal is different now. It's, you know, um, there's nothing after I had my, you know, there's a very, uh, a, a definitive <laughs> demarcation between like the time where uh, my life, when I had a, all my organs and then my life after I had a colon, I'm just different. I'm fine. I'm better. I'm much better. Um, but I feel like it's the same way with that as well, except without having like the visible scars. Like I feel like I feel better now, but it's I don't feel like back to normal because I think normal is new now. It's different, right? You know, it's like there's I don't know a little bit more um, hopefully like empathy and a little bit more emotional maturity, but also like you know there's still like those moments where time is flattened because your daughter points at a picture of your dad or something that just brings all these things to the surface. So I feel like it's not really, it's still an ongoing thing. What's something like that for you? Um, like dumb things. Like, um, I think I've said that like, uh, awards shows. <laughs> Cause my mom always used to text me during award. like just shit like that. Or, um, anything with being sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's like a different, I mean, anytime any sort of hospital stuff just takes me back there very quickly, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just like, it never fully goes away. Um, it's just a, like a new part of you. It's weird because we spent so much time together when mm -hmm. we were sick, how normalized that stuff became. Yeah. We used to meet to talk about scripts and things while you were getting that, that serum, that infusion oh, yeah oh yeah, Remi yeah i forgot Remicade? about that remicade yeah i like yeah. you made it like very spanish remicade yeah <laughs> uh yeah i forgot about that i used to go to like these infusion treatment centers it was like basically where people go to get chemo and stuff or like this mouse serum that quells your immune system yeah, yeah i remember we used to that talk it was about scripts. mouse serum but mm -hmm. what <laughs> it was basically like they like they used a portion of mouse dna i don't know exactly again i'm not a doctor <laughs> I just know I was getting injected with this Well, shit. I like that you said DNA, because mm -hmm. those are letters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do have your sweet spot. Um, yeah, no, those things. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's like a thing that I haven't thought about for some time. But then like as soon as you said that, like, oh, fuck, I remember all these weird stories about this thing. Because it was like a part of my life for like two, three years. Yeah. But then you just kind of, you move on, and you forget about it until like, you know, somebody points at a picture or something. Yeah. Now when you have a cold, are you like... I have a cold or are you still sort of like I've been through worse than this uh no I am like very prissy because well I'm not prissy about like when I get the cold itself but like trying to fend that off like I'm way more like germ phobic now because mm -hmm. like I've spent so much time sick I never want to do it again yeah so like if anybody's kind of sick I'm like fucking Purell and all that I'm like I'm monk <laughs> 
um, just without a crime solving. That's what he did, right? Yes. I don't know if I've ever actually seen the show. I just know that he was not into germs. He, I think he used that to solve crimes. Well, if somebody knows, let me know. <laughs> Listeners, tell me what Monk is about. <laughs> um, just because this is, I feel like, a thing that uh, uh, this was kind of the premise of the show. Um, and it's a thing that these have been very meditative chats. But then I've kind of gotten away from asking, like, in this experience of... Um, a miscarriage, dealing with a father, all these things. Were there moments in, it in which, like, even though you're going through this thing that's, like, kind of awful, where you're still able to, like, stop and just, like, really laugh at something because uh, this is just this whole fucking thing is ridiculous? Yes. Two things. Okay, great. Wow, that was very quick. Um, one thing was when my dad first passed away, mm-hmm. I was in North Carolina helping take care of the arrangements and everything and um oh and i'm interrupting but wasn't this is the same town where like a week later all those crazy shootings yes that same there was shelby a, yes yeah. shelby there was a sure. um that well the the guy oh, the charleston caught. shooter drove yeah. to shelby and was caught there like a week after my dad passed away a lot of stuff happening this weird. time this time of life very weird um but shout uh, out to shelby shout out <laughs> sad shout sad out shout. um but i was in shelby we were like kind of taking care of the arrangements and um my stepmother's brother had a dog named Annie. I'm like trying to write. <laughs> um, listeners, that's my name. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to write um, the obituary mm-hmm. with my uncle. And it's like very fraught. Like, what do we highlight? Like, how do you, how does this person want to be remembered? And we mm-hmm. have different ideas about it. And um, I keep hearing, keep hearing people say like, Annie, if you have to pee, go outside. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of. Um, jarring. Uh-huh. Um, that is sort of funny in retrospect. Wait, weren't, wasn't there like a thing this whole week where people were referring to you as people Annie? <laughs> like, we'll call you person Annie. Person Annie, and that's I right. Like, I don't know. Can we just call me Annie and then the dog? <laughs> Can't I be the name and then we can call the dog the dog? Person Annie. Ugh. Sort we're not funny. going through some stuff. We'll just call you person Annie. In retrospect, it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing was that a month after he died, we went... Um, back to North Carolina to do a um, memorial to do like a proper uh, cremate there's a cremation sure. room in the family plot yada yada um, and I was staying at this hotel that his business partner had like his business partner had reached out at the funeral and I was staying at that hotel and it was like this sort of like meditating on my dad's life and right. anyway um, and I get this email from a friend I wish I could I hope I can remember it exactly. Yeah. Um but it's like, is this a good tweet? Oh my god, I should really find it. Yes, please. Is this Will a you good edit tweet? This out? Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, but that's already a great way to start an email. So I get Oh, is it messed up? No, no, it's totally fine. Sorry, I'm I should have been prepared. No, 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 no. <laughs> These things they you know, it's we're all just uh, twigs in the hand of a mighty river. Just going with the flow here. Uh where is it? Uh, where is it? Anything that, and I've, I've done this, but just like an email that is titled, is this a good tweet? It's like you're immediately like, ugh. He wrote, is this a funny tweet? You know what I've never done, but it seems like fun? Going on a segue. Speaking of segues, your dad is dead. <laughs> so I get this email and I'm like, what? First of all, he, this person has never emailed me like a tweet draft. Yeah. And then I was like, is this like an ironic, so sorry for your loss, or is this a coincidence? Or did you did they even know that, did he even know that your dad was dead? So I wrote him back, like, am I the target audience for this because I'm about to go to my dad's funeral? Oh, no. <laughs> and what was the response? He was like, um, <laughs> he was like, holy fuck, I'm so sorry. Wow, I really had no idea. This is even in worse taste than I thought. Oh, my God. Just on and on and on. Oh, man. And then, like, I'm the worst person in America, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I thought it was really funny. And knew it. my dad had, like, a really macabre sense of humor. And we used to sort of sometimes fight about it. Because mm-hmm. he would make jokes when things would be very heavy. And it would really piss me off at the time. But it seemed like something my dad would have thought was funny. That's kind of great. Yeah. So it's I thought of... that was funny. I, I, I almost could not convince him that 
it was okay. That was funny. <laughs> but that's kind of lovely that, like, it almost feels like a in a weird way he was doing, like, a, an homage to your dad. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's the sort of in poor taste joke that my dad would have found delightful. That's fantastic. Like, one of his favorite things to say is if, you, if you're complaining about a really bad day or a tough time in your life, he would go, well, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Yeah. You know that. Yeah, of course. Chestnut. Yeah. Incidentally, that is also the last line of the Wiener documentary. Oh, yeah. Matthew Wiener. It's a that good documentary. really good. Yeah. You know what? We all misjudged that guy. Yeah, very, very uh, uh, magnetic and very charming. Also a little bit of megalomaniac, but still, charming guy. Yeah. Um, vote Wiener. Go vote Wiener. Yeah, get on it. <laughs> um, I guess, okay, in summation, in closing. Um What's your favorite acronym? Yeah, that's, oh, I think it's got to be, I didn't realize that the OB and the GYN were separate. The GYN is just for gyno? Look, yeah. don't quote me. Okay. But my understanding, uh-huh. and listeners, if I'm wrong, please tweet abuse at me. Yeah, just definitely, I, you, tweet abuse at Annie, but just tell me what Monk's about. <laughs> my understanding is that an OBGYN is a gynecologist who also delivers, delivers babies. babies. That's a Cliff Huxtable. Ooh. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, okay. So, I guess just advice for people who are going through similar experiences. Um, I think more less. I, I think less so on the uh, on the parent tip because. Well, I think that's probably something we're probably both still going through in some capacity. But like, and also just because I never talked to anybody else about this, but like in terms of having a miscarriage. I think the sort of conventional wisdom is to keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. But for me, that didn't help me deal with the grief about it. The more I talked about it, the more normalized it became. And I think that talking to other women about this experience uh, also freed them up. A lot of them had never talked about it before. Right. It's weird that it's a taboo. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's weird that it's this very deeply personal thing that if it helps you to talk it out with people, you should tell people. Yeah. And if it doesn't, of course, it's very private. It's up yeah. to you. But um, for me, I I felt better talking about it. Yeah. And I felt like even though I think I had the tendency to minimize it, like it wasn't really a kid and it didn't, it wasn't real or I don't know, and sure. I, um, but I needed, but I felt like I got to a better place emotionally when I sort of acknowledged it, and you know, I sort of went to a beautiful spot in nature and reflected mm. on this. I don't even know what word to use. Person, entity, yeah, whatever, um, and that sort of gave me a sense of closure. Yeah, I think that's I think that's helpful um, because I think any time that I've gone through outside of with you, you're definitely the closest person, at least in my adult life, where that I've known that to happen to, especially when I was kind of with you when it was happening. Um, so I feel like I could talk to you about it, but previously any any other peers that I've had it happen to, it's kind of like you hear it from a friend, and then it's like just so you know, and it's basically like the unspoken word is just so you know, but just don't bring it up, right. which feels like. A little bit weird. I mean, it's not also not my place to say anything, but it's like I've I've known in one person outside of you just like spoke about it freely, and I was like, oh okay, yeah. And then you're like, ah, that sucks. I'm sorry. And yeah, it was rough. Anyways, it just like it feels like okay, we're we're addressing it and then we're moving on. Yeah, I I find that um, before the past couple of years, when I feel like more heavy shit has gone on mm-hmm. in my life. Sure. I sort of didn't know what to say when bad things would happen to people. But even when it's a miscarriage, I think a classic, sorry for your loss, really does the trick because it acknowledges that it is a loss. Yeah. And that um, the person might be suffering. Yeah. Okay. So sorry for your loss. Yeah, just a classic. Just a classic. My condolences. My condolences. <laughs> it's good. It's a good, good fail safe. An edible arrangement, maybe? Oh, sure. Sure, but they fill that shit up with honeydew. Nobody you know wants what, that. though? Here's the secret about edible arrangements. Uh-huh. The filler in between is kale. Is it? It is. Huh. Pull that out, saute it up. 
That's better than... I mean, they're just giving you so much melon and, like, three strawberries. I know. Like, two bananas. And what's, why are those bananas not, like, browned? That's a great question. Yeah, what are they doing to their edible arrangements? How edible are they? <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, talking to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You're I welcome. love the podcast. Hey, me too. I do. I listen to it on my commute. Well, that's fun. You have a long one. Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I love you. Love you too. Mm. I see evidence of you and him that's scattered all around your room. I wonder if there's an inch. Well, that was fun and informative, wasn't it? I think so. Um, special thanks to Annie Mebbin, the delightful Annie Mebbin, for coming and uh, uh, sitting on my couch at work. We just did it after work. That's exciting, right? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the sausage gets made. Um, if you want to know more about what's going on with Annie Mebbin, you can check her out on Twitter. It's at Annie Mebbin, A-N-N-I-E-M-E-B-A-N-E. Uh, what else? She had a Shouts and Murmurs that went up recently on a little publication called The New Yorker. Check that out as well. Um, what else can I say? Oh, I can say thank yous. Thank you to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes that I am too much of a dum-dum to do. Thanks to Julia Pod and King and Flying Club for art and music. Um, what else? Oh, hey, if you want to if you wanna drop us a line, if you want to get into our uh, social media, we've got a Facebook page. It's just Terribly Funny Podcast. Check it out. You know, give us a like. Uh, I think that's all you can do there. But, you know, you'll find out new fun facts about us. If you also want to check us out on Twitter, please do so, at Terribly underscore funny. Uh, that's where you can, you know, retweet all of the things. Sounds kind of fun. Eh, it sounds fine, honestly. Uh, but if you want to drop us a line, an email, just to say, hey, love what you're doing. Or, you know what, I'm fine about what you're doing. Or just, hey... I got some downtime on the toilet, so I'm going to drop you a line. You can do so. Uh, our email is terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail.com. That's terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail.com. That's about all I have to say other than thank you to you for listening. Because um, without you guys, it's just me talking into a void. Isn't that what we're all doing, though, kind of? But it's nice to have listeners. Anyways, have a good one, gang, and uh, be sure your flies up. <laughs>